It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Carco and Carne, sponsored by C&H Financial Services. C&H offers a variety of products ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates expenses tied to accepting credit cards. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855 600 2437 or go to chfs.us. It's no secret that the world of live music has been upended, paused, put on hold because of the pandemic, uh, which means a lot of our favorite festivals will be unable to attend in person, which brings us to the annual September event, Cold Waves, which brings me to my guests, Jason and Kelly, the organizers of Cold Waves. The annual industrial festival started eight years ago. Uh, in 2012, and every year uh, for the past few years, we've depended on seeing it at Metro. Obviously, that can't happen. Uh, let's start first by plugging what is happening next weekend, and we'll, we'll take some steps back from there. Overview, Cold Waves 2020, the Lost Weekend virtual event. Tell us about that. Give, give us the elevator pitch. Kelly? <laughs> so obviously this year we're, we're going virtual. It's a three-day event. It's going to start at 7 p.m. Central Time. Jason. That's it. <laughs> well, you have that. I, 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 I demand more. I, I, demand more. Yeah, I was like, I read it this morning. Uh, so I guess since uh, a part, I think 50-50, well, no, you can go maybe thirds. But, you know, you have to do something, I think. Uh, I personally have not attended a single virtual event except for one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, Trail of Dead, and you'll notice by the Trail of Dead did a thing, and I hadn't done watched anything all summer, nothing. I was like, I can't do these virtual things. No DJ sets, no nothing. I paid nine bucks to watch their show that was a fundraiser, and I cried, and I typed and, and communicated and, and, and was in here screaming, and everybody's like, what's wrong? I'm like, this is the most fun I've had since they've shut us down. And uh, um, we had already put the plans in motion to do the virtual thing, but I was a little skeptical of it. And then when I actually did one, I I just, it was the most fun I'd had in a long time. So I was hoping that we could also provide something that had, now I wasn't so down on it. And I said like, okay, if you do this the right way and you put a little heart and soul in it, maybe you can make this as enjoyable for people and not just a bummer or a letdown. And that's part of what Cold Waves has always been is, is, is to bring people up, to lift people up, to give people a place to come, to feel kind of connected to, you know, a little bit more empathy uh, and a little bit more of a positive vibe and a charitable vibe. So I think it was like, okay, we're doing this. We'll figure out whatever it takes. Um, and that was kind of the thing. All right. So two quick things. One, I too love Trail of Dead. Um <laughs> I could listen to the song Bottle Air over and over. That's irrelevant to cold waves. Uh, if people want to log on, let's just get the top line information out there at the front of this interview. Uh, where do they log on? How do they watch this next week? And how do they participate? So, James, have you ever heard of this thing? It's called Twitch. Twitch. Yeah. 
E. Okay, so we discovered <laughs> that there's it's not just for video games. And for all the industrial fans out there, I have a little bit of trivia. There's a guy that used to run the coolest industrial label in America in the 90s. His name was Chase, and he ran the label Reconstriction, which signed acts like 16 Volt and the Clay People and did a lot of really cool stuff, Diatribe. Anyway, Chase went on to work at this video game streaming company called Twitch, which I had only known of because of that. So whatever, eight years ago when that starts being a thing, seven years ago. So now we're excited that we get to, you know, do our stream on this. Uh, so this will be on Twitch. Yes. Uh, and there's a link for it, uh, Cold Ways 2020. Uh, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, September 18th, 19th, and 20th. It starts at 7 p.m. Central. We have three nights, just like we normally do with Cold Waves, kind of with themes. So we have kind of like an opening party theme that night. And then we have our main performance theme, which is going to be Saturday. And then Sunday, it's kind of more of a tribute night that we're going to kind of slow things down a little bit and and celebrate all things Chicago and and. You know, the closing party. party. I love it. All right. We'll go into depth about all the different events happening on on all three nights Uh, regarding Twitch and the fact that we're on Zoom right now. How bad did Skype blow it in 2020 to be completely dusted by these platforms? Skype was the go to. Everyone (laughs) understood Skype for video calls. They're not even in the conversation this year. Oh, and how when was the last Skype call that you had prior to the you know, I don't I think it might have even been I know when we did uh, cold wave stuff last year with test department, we would have Skype meetings. And so that's not so long ago. Uh, so that was maybe, you know, May, June, setting up visas. But that's I haven't thought of or used Skype ever. now that you bring it up. Like, wow, that was our go to less than, a, you know, just a year ago. They've been MySpaced by new emerging <laughs> platforms. Um, They've been rendered obsolete. All right. So quick history. You feel terrible for the investors of of Skype. I know. Indeed. Well, I think Microsoft owns it now. I think they'll be okay. What? Those are the people that started this whole, uh, Never mind. Yeah. So for people who don't know what cold waves is, I I, I don't want to get too inside baseball and start going deep into, I I don't know, cyanotic history before providing some, some groundwork. Um, Cold Wave started, we mentioned eight years ago. This was something, I bring this up on this particular day. It's World Suicide Awareness Day. This stemmed from a tragic loss. Uh, your, your colleague, your brother, your partner, not your literal brother, like your spiritual brother, Jamie Duffy took his own life. And that kind of lit the fuse for what this is and has become. So provide a little bit of history for those who haven't been along for this ride. I think at the time we immediately needed to channel grief and, and there were so many people that were contacting us that we were like, we have to do an event. We have to do something that represents what Jamie stood for being a sound engineer, being just everything musically inclined. Um, so yeah, I think we just channeled everything we were feeling and needed to do something. I mean, I mean, bands, friends reached out to us immediately and said, what are we doing for it? to give the credit, you know, it wasn't like we just woke up the next day and said, all right, we have to build an event. People were asking us, what's the plan? What are we, we're going to do something, right? And of course, sure, oh yeah, we've we've already come up with this idea. So like, shit, what are we going to do? And then it just came together with very little time, I think. I mean, this was, 
you know, we had two, three months and then we put together a 14 band bill, set up everybody's flights or whatever it took. We got a rehearsal space and got everybody sorted out. And we did a benefit to raise money for, you know, Jamie's mom to take care of funeral expenses and just do the thing. And after it was over, it all we got was feedback of you got to do this again. I mean, this has to be a thing. All these people that hadn't spoken in years, all these bands that had these stupid little beefs, all people that Jamie had worked with and Jamie had connected. And when other all of egocentric guys in other rooms like, oh, fuck that guy, I'm not going to talk to him and whatever. Jamie would be the one to be like, please, whatever, <laughs> and get everybody to kind of get over it and then did it after his passing. We all there were so many people that spoke for the first time in years and let things go that night and. So it seemed appropriate that not just from a band perspective, but from a personal perspective to, you know, channel that into something and, and, and try to build something. Cause at the time there's a lot of people that would argue, but industrial music, or, I mean, this was, this was the year after the wax tracks uh, retrospectacle, which is the ironic, uh, ironic point that it did just get a huge spark from that and from breathing life into it. But so when people say like, oh, I was kind of dead, I mean, reaching back into 2010, 2009, I mean, it was a lot of people had lost their way. None of this music was really connecting with people. So this did seem like, and, the, and I, I give a lot of credit to the Wax Tracks folks and the Retrospectacle because it was a year right after that, you know, that we, we did this and started building off of it and immediately contacted them and said, yeah. do you guys want to work together in any way? Do you have any vibe that you want to keep going with? With this, so the rest is history. We've had the pleasure and honor of working with them almost every year to yeah. make this even Mark better. and Julia have been wonderful and every year donate things and we've had them um, what, every year now with Petro? Few, most years, most yeah. Years, you can find them. They have a shop, a shop set up. So they're a big, huge part of it. I can't imagine wanting to do it without them there. The industrial music scene really does every time I'm around it, every time I've gone to cold waves really does project the sense of community. I see it on stage. I see it in the crowd. I certainly see it backstage. All those barriers, whatever Jamie did years ago to break them down, uh, that's still in place from what I see just walking around backstage people that, that shared sense of purpose and camaraderie. It's, it's really kind of an inspired situation. So COVID be damned. I'm glad you're doing something this year. It was really nice to see that you're doing this online the last weekend, next weekend. It's it's impossible to talk about cold waves without talking about Darkest Before Dawn, which was the charitable body you created from the beginning. Tell me where that's at or what's going on with that. What are those dogs? <laughs> Can you hear these damn dogs? Sorry. I, man, I, I love it. That's the beauty of doing the, these right, Zoom okay. things. This All is right. this is the real you. This is authentic. This is raw. <laughs> um, so the first, after obviously the first year, we as we explained, we you know it was a fundraiser for Pat Dovey and funeral expenses, just getting stuff sorted out. Then we spent the next couple of years putting our events together and donating whatever money we raised to other suicide prevention charities and things, but it still just didn't feel like we were doing the one thing that we wanted to do, which was to reach out and connect with people involved in live music and in the service industry, which is an incredibly neglected demographic of people that are working some of the most mentally stressful, low paying, just a lot of horrible hours, horrible hours being taken advantage of. I mean, you can go deep into the psychology of what it means to get off of work 
as everyone has just had last call and nothing is open and it's just a, a mindset and it a lot of people found drinking and drugs and excess to to be the way to like soothe yourself between mm -hmm. before dawn and then you would go to sleep get up in the afternoon and start the whole thing again and you're the person providing all the fun you're the person pouring the drinks and and helping everyone celebrate but when it's your time it's not there's no happy hour after work it's everything is shut down so the more research we did into people like jamie and the lifestyles and the hours that they kept we realized there is just so little support there's just very little support and don't even get started on the fact that you're talking about a lot of people who are doing tipped wages and insurance, no kind insurance. Of, they're not getting yeah. mental health care for insurance there so we just thought it was something to focus on versus channel anything that we were doing fundraising wise into just suicide prevention. It was like, no, this should be nightlife service industry, mental health support specifically. And um, that's where we went. And then ever since, you know, 2017, it took a year. Um, anybody that wants to start a nonprofit, you yeah. can ask me, it is a pain. It's a year. It's, it's CPA and, uh, you know, lawyers and, and getting advice and, and paying consultants and finally getting the thing off the ground. And so it's only really been legitimately going for a couple of years now before that, like I said, we would still raise money and donate to, you know, other charities and other things that we're doing mental health support, even like the Trevor Project or um, things that we're dealing, you know, and helping LGBTQ homeless kids and anything that we could do that we felt was part of um again like the empathy that you know we felt for people and and doing every event with a fundraiser in mind um so now we have this this charity and we have a situation where the number one industry hit this year face it is the live music and service industry um demographics so we all find ourselves even the the other guys that we have that are doing wonderful things like David Gasper in Chicago who's a, a you know he works at Metro and he we do a Monday night Zoom mental health support group that he used to do at the G Man bar until you couldn't go to bars anymore. Right. Um, and every Monday night, you know, he keeps that going and it's wonderful that you know you can call in and you just vent or talk. I mean, eventually people were going live into these meetings like you know and that was every Monday night. But the point is that a lot of the people, ourselves included, are all still in these industries and still trying to put food on the table and trying to survive. So it's not like there's, you know, an office and a CEO that are not involved in staying alive via the service industry and via the live music industry. So it's put a little strain on all the people involved who have had to let go. I have to pay my rent. I have to look after my family, you know, so it's been... It's laying a little bit low. So what we decided to do, uh, I'd say about a month or so after COVID and the realities of it hit is we took every dime that we raised in 2019, everything that we had ready to, we had big plans and we were going to work on a phone bank and we were going to do this and that. We decided it was best to just liquidate all of it and get rid of as much of it as possible and give it to local Chicago charities that were feeding people. Um, groups like the 5050, the hospitality group in Chicago that are basically were feeding service industry people for free. Anything that had to do with, again, our mission was service industry people. So we found five or six people, Metro charitable staff. Yeah, the, there's a, a woman out of um, uh, the, I'm going to stumble on the, the bar. 
Uh, anyway, she just started cooking food for people and said, bartenders, waiters, anybody who's not getting their subsidy checks, anybody who needs a meal, that's who we decided to give all the money to. And then we did a little bit of a lottery kind of a thing for people that could kind of enter. And if you're really having trouble getting medication, you haven't gotten your unemployment or whatever, we set up these small little grants and just got rid of the rest of the money and took care of anybody in Chicago that we could. And that was that seemed like the smartest thing to do with what, you know, headier right. ideas that we're going to take another maybe year to develop the money could have gone to. But what's the emergency time is now. Yeah. So yeah. We, I get it. So will there be a charitable com uh, component to the Lost Weekend event? Yes. That, again, is Start like... to rebuild, but mostly Metro staff. I mean, we've held the event there, and I think, you know, that's who we need to take care of right now. So we wanted to... Yeah, so there will be donation opportunities. There's going to be auction bands and artists have donated merchandise for us to do with these auctions. We're going to have some some T-shirts and some hoodies, some limited amount. We're going to do a compilation CD and everything and still try to raise money for the people in the service industry and for Darkest Before Dawn, but still making, you know, a decent donation to the Metro staff GoFundMe and uh, just keep the spirit alive. So when I said like, yeah, there's multiple reasons to just to, to keep your focus up and get a virtual event going, that, that that was part of it. Like we have to do something and rebuild our organization back up as best we can to take on the battles of next year for everybody that we're concerned about, as well as, you know, take care of the house that's taken care of us for the last eight years. I think if there's one thing the creative side has learned over the past six months is the necessity to be able to pivot. The, the Instead of digging your heels in on the way things were, the way things should be, you have to give yourself the flexibility. You did it with Darkest Before Dawn. You, you could have just sat on that and figured out a plan for 2021, but you had to make the pivot. This is where the money goes. This is where it should go. This is what we have to do now. And it, everyone's making those decisions and, and they're weird and hard decisions to make, but everyone has to kind of figure out how do I plow through this instead of just kind of sitting back waiting for things to not be this way. Right. Because who knows? Who knows how right. long this is going to go on? And everybody's opinion of it changes not just month to like daily. You, uh, Who thought that, you know, there's the sky is on fire. We look at I mean, it is, you're in California right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this just 48 hours ago, however long I know that's it was more than 48 hours ago. Oh, now they're adding this to it. I mean, every day you pivot, every day you change. And I think that goes for the rest of you know, the human race, not to mention our tiny little pocket, which is America and our tiny little pocket, which is musicians and tinier little pocket of service industry or California. I mean, the whole world is pivoting every every 24 hours to go. What what next? What what do we have to deal with next? So before we go into detail about next next weekend's event, the Lost Weekend virtual event, I want to acknowledge that behind Kelly there is a vintage Ted Nugent pinball machine, uh, which looks like the cover of Weekend Warriors, if, if I'm not mistaken. That is true. Um, uh, I love <laughs> pinball, dude. I love. Hey, let's focus on the pinball. Yes. And that my father uh, worked for Playboy magazine in the late 70s and came up with a lot of music promotions and developments. And he actually came up with this idea for to have a a pinball machine with a promotion they were doing with Ted Nugent and they and gave him one. Yeah. It was Stern and obviously in Chicago. So it was his idea. So they gave him one. We've had it in our house since maybe 19 
1980, and we've carried it. Now, Ted Nugent back then was a different yeah. outward force. So we actually were joking yeah. around, like, should we cover the damn Ted Nugent on this? Drag thing? our other demon here so that everyone could see that. But uh, regardless of where he stands now in a quite a uh, offensive position, as I'm sure most of us will agree. This, this is my, my dad came up with this idea, this game, we, it still works. We still play it. And uh, I'm sorry. Stranglehold is forever. <laughs> hey, I, I'll see your stranglehold. I'll raise you a Hey baby in a, in a Wango tango. I, I'm, I'm yeah, with you. Right? And then we just quietly, like, just look, we just accept it. Those, those are, you know, we have this conversation. We, we run a little restaurant here in LA and we have a vegan dish called the Morrissey and, <laughs> we, you know, like when we came up with the ad name it was a couple of years ago it was still like now like we got to change the name we can't yeah, just customers don't want to order it they're like i'm not going to say that name out loud most so. of them don't know but we're like okay we got to find another you know sorry i love the smiths and I, i'm still going to listen to morrissey quietly when no one's looking but can't you know same with the nugent thing you gotta yep. meet these things head on separate the art from the artist but at some point you know make a few changes yeah, at some point you got to stop listening to Gary Glitter. You have to. <laughs> oh, that's the guy who did the Bulls theme, Chicago. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. All positive stuff, right there. All positive. Uh, let's see on the Facebook Live, Bane or Bean. I'm sorry, B E I N. Don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, says, can we get a Cold Waves pinball machine? Stern is here in Chicago. What would that look like? A Cold Waves pinball machine. Yeah, man, that is the big auction prize, man. How did you know? I mean, the yeah, soundtrack, that- I mean, some of those cool Stern pinball games, like the, the Maiden one or Metallica, like the music comes blaring out. You could select your music. Like imagine standing in front of the Cold Waves pinball machine. I want to play Chem Lab right now, or I want to play. Do you imagine? Amazing. <laughs> I can totally imagine this. And yeah, the- that's cool. I've noticed that all those games are very like you're they only nothing goes like oh there is a is there a Primus game? A Primus I've game? I have heard rumor of a Primus game, but I was gonna say it's like it's only like the elite top selling best of the best. Like, like Kiss, right? Kiss has their own. Yeah, game. they're not making a Trail of Dead pinball game. They're going to, you know, it's going to be like the biggest sellers, the most, you know, it's going to be Kiss or Journey or nothing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if we could get a Cold Waves game, come on. All those companies are in Chicago. They got to know who we are. I mean, that's right. I, and as far as Primus goes, I think in my entire life, I've only met five people who love Primus. Anyway, uh, they, may, they might all be related. Yeah. We saw them with Slayer last year, right? They did play in that that farewell Slayer. Oh, that's right. I couldn't go to that. That was at the Tech Slayer Arena. It was like Phil Anselmo and uh, who else was on? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Keeping it local, Lissa on the Facebook live chat says, Rock Island Public House in Blue Island has the best pinball machines. Noted nice. for for future visiting. I do. I do okay. pinball. I, it's it's the physicality of it. It's like. As opposed to playing a video game, you feel like you're doing something when you play pinball. It, it, it's it's kinetic. You, you hear sounds. You feel motion. You feel like you're getting your money's worth, your your dollar's worth. I got to give props to a place out here in Eagle Rock called Waltz, which has a nice little collection of old, late 80s Bally games that are just, it's, you know, Bally and Williams, just the classic era of pinball. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's it, you know, there's no new games there. That's the fun part. They're all 
80s games and it's just a nice little bar and it always reminds us of, of wicker park 90s yeah, in the wicker in wicker park and we bring friends from chicago to this place and we're like what do you see the formica do you see the look at this is like 90s wicker park bar with a bunch of old pinball machines and so that's as close as we've gotten to home well I mean, and we got introduced to a secret little pinball club here a secret well, pinball like, club a couple of years back was, you know that we get to go to not obviously not right now because of covid but we've got the pinball hookup here yeah, that's. I, I want to be in a secret pinball club. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Cold Waves. Next weekend, September 18th, 19th, and 20th, it is on Twitch, uh, that fantastic gaming platform turned video streaming delivery service. Cold Waves 2020 Lost Weekend, the first night on September. Or no. Right. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I'm looking at the wrong date. The first night is the replay of the very first Cold Waves. Right. Did you get the yeah, whole so, thing on video? So uh, we don't talk about very much the documentary that was made about Crack Nation and uh, our bands and Acumen and AccuCrack. But uh, after Jamie passed, a really big fan who is now a really close, close friend, Aaron Pollock, said, "We, I'd like to make a documentary. He had never picked up a camera in his life. <laughs> he just quickly read on how to do it, bought the gear, and next thing you know, he's setting up lavaliers and mics and lights and he made a crack nation documentary called rally and sustain which i have to tell everybody is now streaming on amazon which is amazing anyway it came out on dvd a year afterward but long story short he brought out the same cameras and all the gear to do uh record the the show and it's never been built like edited or built into anything and when aaron found out that we were doing this virtual thing he said why don't we do show cold waves one you know for the first time ever he used some of the footage in the documentary and that was the main reason for it but now it's the entire show all so cool amazing it's like multi-camera pro board sound i mean it's it's a pretty decent piece of work and it's five hours worth of stuff obviously we've edited out you know some of the stuff in the middle but you get to see the first cold waves and uh yeah it's it's uh it's really it's neat especially because it's it's uh there you go. there there's the documentary gold rally and sustain oh, our old studio that's <laughs> where the magic happened but yeah so aaron pollock recorded all this stuff to literally use maybe a total of a minute and a half two minutes in the documentary and you know has the whole show recorded and uh that's badass yeah, I, I can't wait i can't wait to watch that yeah, bottom launch September seventh, twenty twelve. That's when it happened, and we have the entire thing, and we're going to present it for the first time ever on Friday, the eighteenth of September at seven o'clock Central. Central. So Chem Labs on that, uh, the Cox members of the Cox. Yeah, I mean we have sixteen volts. Six, there's uh, Chris Accumination. Accumination. Chris Connolly and Martin Atkins doing damage manual acoustic numbers. I mean, the final cut from Detroit, the whole, I haven't, that's the only time they played Chicago in a decade. I mean, yeah, the whole thing, Isentilla, Cyanotic, everybody, the whole, the whole thing. That's awesome. All right. So that's the first night, the second night, Saturday, the 19th, this is all the cool original content, like all the performance. And right. th this is, this is the, the really the 2020 version well, of waves. There, it was impossible to put together a full 
I'm not going to lie. There are definitely performances in there that, again, we chose and spoke with people who had like professionally recorded things over the last couple of years that no one has ever seen that haven't been on YouTube or anything. So we have a decent amount of stuff, but I can't say that it was it's all brand new. Oh, right. Um, but, but this is this is all new to our eyes, yes. more or less, which uh, is special. Our good buddy, Jack Dangers and Meet Beat Manifesto and Ben Stokes from DHS, who, you know, one of the uh, creators of H-Gun Video and everything. So Meet Beat Manifesto and DHS are going to have brand new, never before seen, recorded in 2020 live footage, which we're really excited about. Um, at uh, Ash Code from Italy and Cyanotic from Chicago are the other two bands that actually have like newly produced stuff that we're going to stream and we're really excited about that. But the rest of it is just a compilation of stuff that no one's seen that's been recorded very well over the last year or two. And, you know, people like Ogre, Test Department, Ken Lab. Uh, that's really fun. And then we've decided that a cool, fun, and easy way to get around the social distancing thing is our version of the DVD commentary, but done to classic <laughs> industrial videos. I think that's going to be my favorite. Uh, which some I of the can't guys wait for this. Done. I cannot wait yeah. for this. It's pretty fun. So you'll get to watch these videos and hear the guys in it tell the stories of Behind the videos, whatever yeah. happened that day or, you know, who uh, who was too drunk to show up or who blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it's going to be cute. So that's a nice, a nice thing. So that that's as far as we're concerned, all the like performance and all the, the band personnel that that's the Saturday Night Jam. Yeah, the video stuff, that sounds to me like a cross between pop up videos and Mystery Science oh. Theater. I hope that's, so. <laughs> that way. Yeah, that's a good description. All right. So that is Saturday, Sunday. You mentioned this earlier in the interview. This is really Chicago centric. Um, I didn't even realize that there was a documentary being made about Neo, but it's debuting on Cold Waves. So that are you. So the Neo documentary was actually completed and screened over a year ago at Metro. Right. Um, and the man who directed it is named Eric Richter had never set foot in Neo has no knowledge of this industrial Gothic scene from Chicago. He had just read about it and he's a filmmaker and was fascinated with the subject of a club that could generate as much love and passion as the closing of Neo seemed to, you know, drive in Chicago at the time. And he contacted the people involved and said, I'd like to make a documentary. And he did. And it's beautiful. He just hasn't done anything with it. And there was a couple of licensing things. And I think over the years, he's last year or so, we helped, you know, get involved and get some of those hurdles passed. So now not only will you be able to see it for the first time streaming uh, on Sunday, the 20th, but the DVD will also be available for order for the awesome. first time. So now all the people that call that place home for the last 30 years, I mean, it really was, it was literally the longest standing club in Chicago for, is that no? Nope. I mean, I'm not gonna like go down on record as saying that, but there was some long history record that it said. I don't know. Maybe alternative club. Uh, as time marched on in that Lincoln Park neighborhood, it was more and more of an outlier. I mean, kind of like Exit was over by North and Wells. Like as that neighborhood transitioned, it's like these clubs feel almost anachronistic. In yeah, I mean, when you think about the fact that they finally forced Neo out so they could put the daycare center that <laughs> Lincoln Park so desperately needed in that alley. 
every time the parents drove past that alley, there's like, I can't wait to walk my kids down that crazy, weird, dark alley to go to their preschool or daycare or whatever. But that's what they ended up, up doing. Yeah. So um, anyway, God bless this Eric Richter and the Neo 2350 Last Call documentary. You'll finally be able to see it at seven o'clock or about eight o'clock on Sunday, the 20th on this on our Twitch stream. And then you'll be able to order the DVD very uh actually i think it's available now I'm, yeah I'm see not many of us have seen it unless you were at for in chicago for this screening about a year and a half ago they you haven't been no one's seen it that's awesome all right so that's happening sunday also a tribute to dave medusa obviously big loss locally and it had ripple effects everywhere dave medusa uh passed away this year so there will be uh, an homage to him yeah, yeah, we're very kind of- proud to work, work with the crew. Um, I mean, I, as a kid, Medusa's helped shape who I became, taught me about bands and cultures that I had never heard of before. And uh, the music that the DJs brought to me and then realizing many years later that Wax Tracks had such a great relationship with them and getting their music char- you know, charted and played through those DJs. So we're really proud to work with some of the staff members in the original Medusa's crew are helping us put just, you know, kind of like a just a, a 15, 20 minute, you know, homage to Dave and the, the room and the music, the DJs, the shows. I mean, you look at some of the shows, the bands that came through there and it's a pretty legendary place. And it taught me kind of what I went on to do with music and with the alternative culture and Back then, the the number one thing I can say about that place is that there was no fashion. There were, I mean, there was fashion, but there was no, no, it, you could wear anything, look anyway, be part of any demographic, and you'd walk in there and feel at home and dance right next to the person that looked the exact opposite yep. of you. And from a young age growing up in Chicago, like that top, I thought music was music, you know, and later you learn that scenes you know, I, I think maybe things got a little colder and uglier 10, 15 years later and scenes took over, fashion took over. And it was kind of like, we're only doing this kind of music tonight. But you could listen to mixes by, you know, like the Hot Mix 5, house music mixed right into <laughs> Nitzareb, right into uh, Fugazi, right back into the Hot Mix 5 kind of stuff that WBMX and that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, in high school, I just thought this was cool. and we took it for granted. We thought this must be where what it's like in everywhere and then you grew up in <laughs> nope. nobody got this privilege and that's what medusa's was and i think that's what dave gave the the kids who were lucky enough to go there so that that's happening sunday night uh the thing that concerns me the most about cold waves next weekend explain what you mean by martin adkins bedtime stories <sighs> i think of i think if you can remember john houseman on sunday afternoons uh, the PBS show, mm-hmm. uh, was it Masterpiece Theater, yes. you know? Yeah. If you can imagine the update of Masterpiece Theater intro with John Houseman, I, I'm hoping that's the vibe that we catch with Martins, tucking us into bed every night after the Cold Waves virtual event. Maybe that's... sipping on a hot toddy. Yes. <laughs> I had Martin on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I, and I said that night, thank you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I said that night that, he can say anything and it just sounds more academic and interesting because of his accent. He could say something totally stupid and nonsensical, but because he has that, that accent, it, it just sounds professorial. 
I think, and I, I think many a British uh, man has used that to their advantage. Well, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. To a young lady at any bar across America, all you need to do is open your mouth and speak, and you instantly have game over every other instantly, room. instantly I have agree. game. So, all right, Cold Waves returns. It returns online as as is where we're at in 2020. It's the Lost Weekend virtual event. Sounds like. I'm not surprised that you've produced the shit out of this. This is if you're going to do this, you're going to you're going to do it. If you're going to commit, you commit. And this is going to be a fun, cool. This I mean, this is you're kind of creating a model for other people to steal. Really? Well, this is it. I don't know. I mean, I felt I like I said, I'd never I've, I'm still reading and looking at tutorials and you know, we have a, a nice group of people that's helping us do it. But yeah, up until maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had no, I mean, we had thought about it and started laying the groundwork for it, but I had no confidence in it until just recently going like, okay, um, you know, this is, we, this, this, we got to do this and we got to like keep stepping it up. I mean, this is what every day is like in September for the last eight years is less sleep, um, more anxiety, you know, are the visas in, did the flights get, did they make the flights? Is everything set up? Did the gear? Cause right now is when the tours usually start for the yeah. bands that we booked at cold wave. So I'm in this, like my body and I want to get up every morning free, you know, checking we, his phone. Yeah. We don't really have to do that this year, but you still, I think need to hold yourself to maybe some of that same standard. So God, I hope it doesn't fall on its face and the, the thing glitches. It I know it's a little bit of tech stuff, you know, Uh, it it sounds awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's really well thought out. The schedule, the the hourly details, everything. Um, You're posting that stuff on Thursday, the 17th, correct? So on Thursday, the 17th at coldwaves.net, we'll have the whole schedule mapped out. We don't expect people to be able to do as we want. Unlike a live show where you have this kind of mentality, where we're like, no, you don't get to know when the, the slots are. We want you coming out early, support the opening bands. You know, there's mm-hmm. this, it's the opposite. I think we have to pay respect to people that are going to do their best to tune in and see what they want to see. And, you know, so we're going to outlay the schedule as detailed as possible, um, give people a chance to just tune in when they want, when they need, but it'll be running the whole the whole time as i said there's going to be some limited merch a compilation cd that features uh a bunch of cool bands like uh manipi manifesto godflesh stabbing westward cyanotic ash code it's going to be very cool uh um, awesome and again we've done that every year and this was something like how are we going to have a year without a compilation disc and i think that might have been where the conversation started like well we could at least do this comp, right? We could get everybody together and do it. Di- well, if you could do the disc, maybe you could do some shirts. Well, if you can do the shirts, maybe you should do a video thing. Well, maybe you should just do three day event and see what happens. See what so, so will some, none or all this content live after the event on online? That's <clears throat> likely to be a 50, 50 split of yes and no. And, Obviously, there's going to be some things we have to pay respects for and deals that we've made where we can't just run it, where this is a one-time shot for half of it. Whatever we can keep up, we'll, you'll be able to find, but a bunch of it will disappear after the stream due to disagreements. The bands have been courteous enough. Um, some of the programming just has to go away because it's being used for something else at a later date. You know, we just, We're lucky enough to get some of the people that were willing to help us 
And we have to just respectfully pull some of it after that. But uh, a decent amount of it will just stay available to, to grab any time afterward. Um, right. I'd say a good half of it's going to go away. Yeah. I, have to per- I have to pretend like this Facebook commenter isn't known to us. So uh, Ethan Novick says, how about that new Caesar record? So great, great comment from a stranger on the Internet. Uh-huh. Ah, good old Caesar. <laughs> what's up brother how are you my friend uh he's helping to promote uh the last czar record chicago's most famed metal trio which uh whose last album came out in 2013 and we just released the the final and third album uh, gore and regalia came out last week and uh that that's been a real fun thing. Again, the guys in Acumen, Dan and Brian and and my brother Ethan. I mean, we've all when Acumen finished, we we started this band. It's kind of a mathy brainiac kind of metal band in Chicago. And and just when we thought we were done playing music for more than a pitcher of beer, <laughs> you know, kind of that kind of caught on. And next thing you know, we're on tour with Killing Joke and opening for Morbid Angel. And this record guy's coming out to your show and had to go through that whole thing again that you lived as a younger yeah. person, like hoping and praying for your big record deal. But uh, then uh, we, you know, we had people had kids and moved to different States and we had one last batch of demos and we spent the last year or so getting them into a position where we could release it. So thank you, Ethan. Yes. The new and final czar album is available on the, so you, so you know that, so you know, that guy is what you're telling me. Um, yeah. Was there, was there discussion when you were putting czar together of how to how to spell the name did you go back and forth between tsar and czar or was it always going to be czar the more modern it was always czar even a little bit of research of like do you want to get really esoteric and go the old spelling but we're already referencing a a a dead russian leader position we might as well not go back any further yeah no need to keep going down that rabbit hole comrade all right Jason and Kelly, I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be cool. I, this is, I hate to use the phrase new normal, but this is where we're at streaming events. And so if you're going to do it, go balls out, which is exactly what you're doing for cold waves next weekend. It is the lost weekend. Uh, find it on cold waves. Get it. Once a DJ, always DJ Coldwaves.net. Coldwaves.net is where you can get all the info, all the uh, schedule information posts on a week from tonight or a week from today. And uh, we will see you online streaming on Twitch weekend after this coming one. I- I'm excited for it. Thank you for all the work you do. You bet. Thank you, James. Appreciate it.